Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father God, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just come before your throne of grace. We just thank you, Lord God, for everyone that's on this prayer line to unite in prayer this morning. We thank you, Father God, and we honor you. We adore you, Lord God, for this day, and we just want to praise you for all that you have done, all that you're doing and going to do in our lives. Now we want to worship you, Lord God. Lift up our voice unto you. We thank you, Lord God, for each person that's represented on this phone this afternoon, this evening. We ask you, Lord God, to bless their families. We thank you for the unified prayer. We thank you for it, Father God. We thank you, God, for what's going on right now. We know you have everything in control. We just want to give you the glory. We thank you, Lord God, how you're dealing with the things that's in this world. Lord, you sit high and you look low. You let mankind know that you're in control. Regardless of what is happening, nothing is being done without your permission. And we praise you, Lord God, that you won't let man see that you are God and there is no other God beside you. We thank you right now, God, as everything is all the commotion, all the confusion, all this stuff that is happening, Lord. Yes, your people are at peace. We are all one accord, Lord God. Praise you and thank you, Lord God, because we know this too shall pass. You said it, God, and we believe it. We know that we are protected. We are covered. No coronavirus, no kind of testing, and no kind of sickness or disease shall come out our dwelling. And we're so grateful for that, Father God. We thank you right now for it, Father God. Now have your way in the midst of your people. We want you to come into the midst right now, God, and flow through our beings, Lord. We yield to your spirit to direct and guide us in this path that you're leading us. And as we be the vessels that you're calling for in these last and evil days, because we're in it, we're in the beginning of this thing. It is manifesting. But yet we believe and trust you, Lord, you've got it all in your hands. We praise you, Lord God, that you're stirring up the gifts that's in us. We praise you, Lord God, as we're killing ourselves out by denying ourselves. We want to be that person, God, that you're looking for. We want to be soldiers in the army of the Lord. We want to march forward. We want to do the will that you're supposed to do in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, allow us to see. Through it all, God, let us see, God. Let us see ourselves first, Lord God. Let us examine ourselves first, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Then when we get ourselves together, we can help someone else. And, Lord, when we go forth, God, we go forth in power of you, your power that's working in us, oh, Father. And we will go out there and help those, the weak ones, Lord God, the ones that are down and out. Lord, we want to be the ones that you will use to send out there to bring souls into your kingdom. We are kingdom builders, building up the kingdom of God. And we're so grateful, Lord Jesus. Lord, you said we are body. We're one in the body. More members in one body, and we're so grateful. We all have different parts to do. We have different things to do in the ministry, and we want to do it collectively. We want to do it in oneness. And we thank you, Lord God, as we have a mind tuned into what you want us to do. We praise you, Father God, because we know the president has no power. Because of what he's saying, we know the government has no power. 
but you have power all in your hands. You hold the earth in your hands, Father, and it goes around in your hand, God. You're leading, you're guiding, you're directing. Because of all that's happening, it does not matter. But we honor you, Lord, and we know that it's working out for the very best for our lives. God, we know it. We thank you, Lord, through this, God. We have that communication with our children. We get a close relationship with our children, God. So important, Lord. Family is so important. And you're the great father of all. You're a great father, God. And, Lord, as you teach us, God, we teach our children. As mothers, God, we have a heart for our children. As fathers, we have a heart for our children. And we thank you, God, as we teach them, Lord God, be who you are in Christ. Come. Come as you are. Let God do the work that has to be done. He just wants to be willing and let go. Once we let go, God, you can come in and do the work. And we're so grateful, God, that we can't do it by ourselves, but we can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens us and tells us to go. God, we thank you for it, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for those that are in the hospital right now, suffering with the coronavirus, not only coronavirus, all kinds of sickness and diseases. We ask you to heal, deliver, set them free, God. Lord, you're hearing the stories about the doctors are starting to pray, and they're coming back with testimonies that you've done it. This is what you're doing, God. Every man and every woman know that you're God, and you're God all by yourself. They're going to give you the glory that is due you, and we thank you for God. Now, Lord, as you rest your spirit upon us, as we open up and say, yes, where you send us in the highway, Barbie, it doesn't matter, Lord God, whatever direction you send, we're willing to go because we're just a vessel carrying the message. And whatever you carry to give to people, God, that's what we want to do. We want to strengthen our brother and our sister. And, God, we want to go into the world and help those that are lost to bring them into you, oh, God. Come out the walls. Go into the street. Go on the highway and call, call them to come to Christ Jesus. We don't have to keep, have our head hung down. We can lift up our head because we know from which cometh our help. We know that you are a helper, God. And you've given us strength. You've given us power over the enemy. And we bind and cast on every demonic force, every demonic spirit, every spirit of division, the blood of Jesus come against you. We bind the spirit of sorrow that is so powerful right now on people. We ask you to break and bind that and loose it in the name of Jesus. Now, God, stir up your people. Stir us up to see and to understand that this is not about us, but it's about you. And, Lord, we praise you for the victory that you've given us. We praise you, Lord God, for all the things you said you want to do. You have provided. You have made ways out of nowhere. We thank you, God. We're lacking for nothing. And we praise you, Lord God. Thank you for understanding, God, what you're doing according to your word. And the more we get in your word, the more we learn. We take your word, not only taking it here, but we take it outside that word. We move by that word, by action. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that everything is moved by love. We look at no one is bigger than the other one. No one's hiding us. We all are in this thing together. And, Father, we just praise you for it. We just glorify you for it, God. We just are so grateful, Father God, as you speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, and as we turn around and go forward and don't look back, 
Don't worry what's behind. Go forward in God. We all have sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed. But you know what? We fall down and we get back up and we fight the good fight of faith. We fight this thing because we're not alone. We have Jesus on our side. And as long as we have Jesus on our side, we can do anything. We just thank you, Lord God. Oh, the opportunity, the opportunity to get in the realm of the spirit and knowing that you're tearing down, you're breaking up, you're deliverance, you're breaking chains, you're casting down, you're opening doors, God. You're closing doors. Nobody can do it but you. And as we put our trust and we depend on you, we know everything going to be all right. We praise you, Father God. Let us never, ever be the same. For we are victorious in Christ. We are conquerors in everything that we do in his name. You said open up your mouth. Hallelujah. God, you'll feel it. But we must put something in it by your word, God. We thank you. So grateful for what you're doing in this hour. This hour that we have never seen of what's going on. Lord, the weather's getting better. People want to run. But, God, you know how to shut it down. And when you say open it back up, you'll open it up. But you won't get the glory. You want to let everybody know that Jesus Christ is the only way to get to the Father. And we're so grateful, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for your blood, cleansing blood. Thank you for forgiveness, Lord. Everything, God, that we do, sins that we know of and not know of, God. And as we ask for forgiveness, you cleanse us, how grateful and how thankful that we are for that, Father. Now stir up your people, God, and get us prepared, Lord God. For when you release us, we're going to go, and we will go do the things that you call us to do. Go to the hospitals, oh God. Go to the nursing home. Go to the shelters, Father. Let us go and meet the people where they are. Go to the streets. How we just go out. God, let us go meet people where they are. And that you will use us to draw them in. And we will lend out a hand and a, a, a hug, a, a word of encouragement that it's going to be all right. Lord, let us be able to feed those people your word. And we thank you, Lord God. Feel free, Father God, as we unite together, saying, yes, your will be done. Your will be done. For we give you the glory. All that you do, Father, we give you the honor because we know there is no one but you that made a way. You're hearing so much is going on, Lord Jesus, in this world. We all hearing it, God, but it will not touch us because we know you've got it all in control. And we're so thankful. We think not of the things of the world. We're not a part of the world. We are here to help the world. You said you take the foolish things, foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I'm so glad we are the foolish ones. Hallelujah. Use us, God, however. You want to use us. We're all different in our own ways. 
but you use it to your glory, and that's what all that matters and counts, and that we're there supporting one another in the name of Jesus. And we're so grateful, so glad. There is none like unto you. And we bow our heads of thanksgiving and honor to you, Lord, and to you only. And thank you for our leaders, Lord, all that they do for your kingdom. Thank you for them. Bless them mightily, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the power of your Holy Spirit, let your will be done. Let everything that you call to be done at this hour in our lives, let it be done accordingly to your perfect will. And we just praise you and we thank you and we adore you, Lord God. For all these things, Lord, amen. Well, God bless you. Well, God bless you. God bless you. Hey, beloved, this is your Apostle Keith Brooks greeting in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Hey, it's another day, another time that we can share the word of God through the power of his spirit. God bless you for praying, woman of God. I want to pick up the baton, and then we're going to go into the Word of God, and I'm going to share a word with you tonight, and hoping and prayerfully that it would encourage your heart to know that God cannot lie. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we just thank you for those that are pressing their way to hear the Word of the Lord tonight. God, I ask you to open every ear, move upon the very earbuds of your people. Forgive us for any sin of transgression or iniquity. Cover us in your blood, O Lord. Hide us behind your cross. Once again, thy servant acts, fill my mouth with your blood, Lord, that I'll speak life, health, strength, and power to thy people. Satan, I charge you, and I serve you notice that the blood of Jesus Christ is over every child of God and through the airways. I bind you and I gag you, forbidden to speak or to even talk or to even try to tamper with any of the children of God. Now, God, dispatch angels all around us that we may give your name the praise all of the honor and all of the glory in the wonderful and matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. And all of the hearts of God's people shouted, Amen and Amen. Hey, this is our Tuesday night Bible study. And I want to share a word with you that the Lord placed upon my heart, and I believe it will stir your heart. Listen, everywhere we're turning, we're reading, hearing about all this pandemic, virus, and everything. It is time for the people of God to rise up with a tongue of power and make the confession that this thing has to cease. When the body of Christ began to use the authority and the power, I believe that God would dispatch his angels to put this stuff under his feet. Listen, children of God, we have that kind of power. The Bible says we have power in our tongue over life and death. But I believe God has done what he had to do. But I want to say something to you before I get into the word of the Lord. We're going to 1 Samuel chapter 22. Listen, you know, when saints hear something about people who are in the world who are dying, we call it a judgment of God. But when that same thing attacked the people of God, we call it the devil. Hey, listen, beloved, God is a God that is just in mercy. He reigns on the just as well of the unjust. You and I are so quick to judge what God is doing. I would say be quick to hear but slow to speak. Be not hasty in thy words. 
For thou on earth and God is in heaven. So we shouldn't be rash with our word, be fast to say some things. We as children of God need to learn to be proudful and let God be God and let's remain the children of God. Hey, from 1 Samuel chapter 22, we're going to be teaching tonight on a word called leave it to the predestination or the predestines of God. But I want to change that. I want to leave it to the providence of God. Leave it to the providence of God. Everything that you and I will ever entail in life has been already in the providence of God. Let me talk to you for a moment. What is truly, really, is the providence of God? It is the foresight of God. It is that God has already seen the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. God is powerful. He's sovereign. He's our creator. And that makes him governor over everything that he's created. And anything that you have created, you have power to control it. You have power to lift it up, power to take it down, power to take it out, power to put it in, because you are the creator. That gives you the authority to run creation like you so designed or planned. Listen, I want you to hear this carefully because so many of us are stressing about what is the will of God and how are things going to work out for us. I want you to put on your spiritual caps for a moment, and we're going to read the Word of God, and I'll pick you back up, and I'm going to share with you. Here's what the Word of God says in 1 Samuel chapter 22, beginning in verse number 1. David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brethren and all of his father's house heard it, they went down hither to him. Now, did they really go down to help David? Because you remember how the brothers felt about David when he went to the battle and right before he killed Goliath. They really didn't want David around. So were they really going there to help David, or were they really running for their own life? Because they understood that Saul would eventually come after them. So they're running to meet David now. So hear me. The very person that will put you down or try to put you down will be the person or the people that will run to you for their help. But that's not my text. Let me get to the word of God. Verse 2, and everyone that was in distress, circle it because we're going to deal with it. And everyone that was in debt, circle it, we're going to deal with it. And everyone that was discontent, circle it, we're going to deal with it gathered themselves unto him, unto David. And David became a captain over them, and there were with him about 400 men. What are we talking about tonight, Apostle? Leave it up to the providence of God. Let, let me start by saying these things to you. That when God created the world, God created the world for his pleasure. When God created Adam and Eve, he created Adam and Eve to be creatures that he himself would get glory from. Nothing ever catch God by surprise. You and I always think that we have better judgment than God. Yet we use the term, this is predestined, providence of God, Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for good. Now, we truly believe that because we're children of God, and we believe that. 
until the pressure is really applied in one's life. Then we begin to hassle with God or wrestle with God because we feel like I should not be going through this because I am a child of God. Well, Adam did not catch God by surprise by committing high treason and transgression against God. God had already made plans that he knew that Adam would sin. That's why the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world, because there was another Adam, Jesus II, had already been crucified before there was ever a beginning. Now follow me, because the providence of God is the foresight of God. God knows everything. He knows where you and I are. He knows that what we're going to face, all of this virus, the sickness, God already knows about that. When we are praying, it's not like God doesn't understand this or know it. He already knows about it. And he has a solution. His solution is to trust him and to believe in him. Now let's deal with the story of David. David's been on the run. He left out of Saul's presence, left Jonathan, and he freed to the camp of Hyenalek, which was in the land of Nod. There's where all of the priests reside. These were holy men of God, the priests of the Lord. David went there and talked to Himalek and said, I have to leave in urgency. I don't have any food. I don't have my sword with me or anything because the king's message was of haste. I looked at him and said, well, David, where is your stuff? He said, man, I have to leave quickly. Now, David is lying to the priests of the Lord. When you're desperate, you'll do desperate things. Yet David is a chosen king of God. I want you to walk with me because I'm going to help you tonight. He tells a lie to Ahimelech, who's a priest of God. He begs for bread. Ahimelech said, I don't have any common bread. The bread that I have is hollow bread. Hollow bread means sanctioned bread, bread that is sacred, it's holy, it's been sanctified, consecrated. It's only used for God and God's holy people. It's not used for the normal people. So Ahimelech looks at him and says, well, David, only have the hollow bread if the men that are with you have been clean from women for the last three days, I'll let them partake of the bread. Now, many of us beat Catholicism because they won't serve the communion to any and everybody. Hear me well. It is the right of the pastor to know the flock. We are to know who we are dealing with. Now listen to me. We are not the judge of it. Our job is to serve it. But we are not to give the bread and the body of Christ just to anything or anybody. That's why the time of consecration, when you call for the Lord's Supper, it should not be distraction, talking, all that kind of foolishness going on, jibber-jabbering, laughing, because it's a consecrated moment. So Ahimelech told David, I'm not giving you this bread, man, if you've been sleeping with women, because your temple has been defiled. David said, we've been clean, man, for the last three days. Himalek gave him the bread. 
But David comes to that cave now, and he runs to this cave called Adullam. And the reason why David ran there, because David is a tribe from the tribe of Judah. This cave belonged to Judah, the tribe. So David thought if he would run where his friends were, he would get help. Hear me well. Watch the providence of God. Your life and my life has been orchestrated by God. There is nothing good or bad that God did not place in our life. The good, God placed there. The bad, God placed there. God placed it all there for the uplifting of his kingdom and to glorify his name. God is the preeminent one, supreme. And when God does a thing, he does it for his glory. David runs to this cave hiding. But look who runs with him. People that are in distress, confide, has disabilities, woe down, drained, burn out. Can I talk to you tonight? This time in our life, God is resting the body of Christ. Many of us have been burnt out doing the will of God, and it should not be. I'll raise my hand. Because we get so involved with the work of the Lord more than we seek the Lord, and it causes us to become burnt out. That leads to the power of distress. And when a person is distressed, they cannot make clear decisions. They can't even pray straight. They have to rest. That's why Jesus told the disciples, let's get away from the crowd, go into the mountain and rest. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall out. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Rest. David has got some distressed men. I want to serve you notice, though, these men are not chunks. These 400 men with David are not weaklings. I'm talking to children of God who is powerful. You're not weak. You're strong and more than conquerors. But God understood the plan. And he understand if he did not allow something to happen, many of the children of God will not make it to the end. That's why the Bible said God will have to cut the word short. Because many shall be deceived. Why are you deceived, preacher? Because you're distressed and you cannot discern anymore. Then David said, everyone that was in debt. You see, Saul was holding the debt over these men. Because as you read further, oh, Saul began to make a plea. Round starting verse number six. He called all his little tribe together and said, can the son of Jesse do what I do for you? Can he give you land? Can he feed you? Can he make you captain over 15 over 1,000? He's hustling them. So these men that are running with David, oh, Saul, they are in debt to Saul. How many of you all 
been feeling like you're in debt to the world. The scripture said, be of good cheer. I will overcome the world. But in the world you have trial and tribulation. But I would say, oh, no man, not but love. God's going to help you to pay your debt naturally and physically and spiritually. He's going to help you. But you've got to seek him to do that. Then you've got to bring in the order. That's another message. Let's go on. And everyone that was discontent. In other words, the Hebrew word, ma, comes from the word bitter, which means when you get discontented, you become bitter. These are the 400 men with David besides himself, besides his family. They have become bitter. The other Hebrew word is nafa, which means they're angry, uneasy of mind, dissatisfied, restless in their mind, agitated. How many of you all are the sound of ours? Get agitated. Can I talk to you tonight? I remember when I was growing up, no girl was too good for me. Because every girl I would bring home, mama had something to say about them. So there would never be one good enough for her sons, or vice versa, for daughters, for their fathers. Kind of like Samson, dealing with the Philistine woman. But his parents knew not that the pain was of the Lord. Because parents are prejudging, they'll condemn a young man, condemn a young woman, and cause uneasiness in the mind of the child, in the mind of themselves, they're agitated. But do they not know that some things could be of the Lord? We're judging it too quickly. So here's what God did for David. I gave you distress and death and discontent because these men will rise to the occasion. Because the providence of God is in your life and mind to help us to rise to the occasion. Now, the same David who killed Goliath is running from a normal man. I can't figure that out, Lord. He's not afraid of Goliath, who's 13'9", feet tall in the air. But yet he's running from a man that's about six 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 seven. He's afraid of him. You know why he's afraid? Because he was God's anointed. Samuel anointed him. David refused to put his hands on God's anointed. Get me, beloved. When God is operating in our lives, we have to be careful how we walk in the providence of God. Do not put your lips on God's anointing, and do not put your hands toward God's anointing. You say, well, man of God, you said all things is in the providence of God. Yes, it is. God led Saul right in David's path. But because a thing is there doesn't mean you take the negative side. David stood for righteousness in the providence of God. His heart was being tested. Now, hear me. I'm about to make a powerful statement to you. Samuel, one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, anointed Saul. I don't care how powerful 
a prophet, apostle, a bishop is, is they anoint you and has nothing to do with your heart before God. They're putting the blessings on God upon you. Saul's heart was never right. Yes, Samuel anointed him because the people chose him. You see, God in the providence will allow you and I to have whatever you want. But it doesn't mean it's his perfect will for your life. And it seems like it's anointed. I'll take it a step farther. A prophet can prophesy to you. He prophesied by the Spirit of God. But it may lead you into something that is devastating. And then you'll want to hold the prophet in contempt. He is not a true man of God. Why? Because you didn't get what you thought you should have got, but you got exactly what God's providence had for you. The Lord said something to me on last night. He said, when all of this is over, prophets will stand boldly to call men and women out of sin. It ain't going to be no more patting on the back, going around whispering in your ear. The Bible said rebuke openly that others may fear. God's going to begin to speak so profound. People are going to be afraid of the prophets because they were afraid of prophets and all because they did not pack their flesh. God's going to call it out. If you're second, he's going to say, come out of second. If you're lying, he's going to stay a stop line. Whatever it may be. He's going to help you. Now, that would not be to hurt you. It's going to be for your help. So here's what David did with these 400 men. The Bible said he went there. Then a prophet named Gad came to him and told him he had to get out of that hole. I've come by tonight to tell you, get out of the hole. The providence of God is working for you. Yes, all things do work together for good. Yes, the bad that it came our way, it strengthened you. It gave you a prayer life. It made you read your Bible. It made you pray more. It made you love more. It drew you closer to your family. Some that is not paying attention, God will begin to knock on your doors of your heart. Behold, I stand at the doors of your heart and knock if any man hear my voice and let me in. I'll come in and sup with you. Watch the providence of God. I said, leave it to God. God's working on that child. God's working on that daughter. God's working on that son. God's working on the husband. God's working on the wife. God's working on the church. Leave it to the providence of God. Moses had a camp full of people. The old enemy dad began to prophesy. They had haters. They didn't understand what God was doing. God had already taken the spirit of Moses and put it on 70 other men. The old enemy dad caught an anointing. And they were prophesying. We cannot be hasty in judgment. They ran to Moses and said, El dad and me dad prophesied. Tell them to shut up. Moses said, I wish all God's people was prophets that would lighten my load, that would help me. Listen to God's providence, because when we leave things in the hands of God, it works for us. 
When we take it out of the hands of God, it brings disaster to our life. David got a word from God. Say, you got to get out the hole now. Stop out and tell you tonight, get out the hole. Providence of God is working for you. Yes, you've been feeling distressed. Yes, you may be in debt. Yes, you feel discontent. But I stop out and I can tell you, God's working on your behalf. God's working on your behalf. I don't care what it is. Whatever come in my life, your life, it was God's will. Somebody said, well, I got a divorce. It didn't catch God by surprise. He already knew it. Before you ever did it, he knew it. He was just there with you, working out the promise after you came out that you wouldn't lose your mind. Because he understood that if you lost your mind, you couldn't have been able to get the next woman or the next man he had for you. So he had to let you keep your mind because he has something better for you. It is in his providence. But I say, well, I sure hate it. I got a divorce on. We don't hate it. God had to divorce Israel, and he's gone. She just wouldn't do right with him. Say, well, preacher, you give it I'm not giving you no license to divorce. I'm telling you, you're in good company. But do what you have to do to prevent one. But watch the providence of God. If it is in God's will and in God's mind, you and I can't stop it. A couple of months ago, I looked at all that fire over there in California. Arizona, I'm a first responder. Don't call to go to law, said, don't go to that. Listen to me carefully. That fire didn't catch God by surprise. It caught the people in California by surprise. See, when we understand God's providence, we'll live with a peace. And you'll say this like this. What it is, it just is. And what's going to be is going to be. You cannot change it. I remember when I was growing up, I didn't grow until almost my senior year. But I got a lot of uncles that are short. They would love to have made themselves tall. Like a lot of people that are short. But it's in God's providence. Because he knew you'd probably be arrogant if it gave you too much height, but you get arrogant with the shortness. And if you're too tall, you may be too thin and you wanted to be bigger, but God wouldn't let you get like that because he understood what was in you. So the providence of God have already described everything about it. The Bible said every hair on our head is numbered. It's the providence of God. He know our first step and our last is the providence of God. David went on, and he ended up picking up 200 more men. He had 600 men following him. Listen to me. These men were not weak. They were some of the same men that was in the army of Saul, but they loved David. Now the kingdom is divided. Everything is in a rampage. God's got his hand on his leader. 
because the providence of God had to bring David to this kind of agony. I'm going to show you how it showed up. After all of this was settled, David was rejoicing in kingship. David is blessed. He sits on his throne and he says to himself, how can I help somebody that's less fortunate than me? And it came to David's mind, Jonathan's son, of the bloodline of Saul. Are there any left? Now, you and I probably would have had a problem with that. You would have tried to kill me, Saul. Now I want to bless your bloodline. We just said, no, sir, I ain't doing it. David's heart had been fixed by now. So David remembered the goodness of God. God created a clean heart in him. And David said, I got to do some good. So he sends out a word. The word came back and said, Jonathan had a son by the name of Meshavah He's living in Lodibar. He's a crippled old. The nurse dropped him when he was about five years old, running during a time of war. Broke his hip. David said, go get him. All of those that were distressed, that discontent, now they're walking in righteousness with God. Now they're peace. I'm talking to you tonight, beloved. All of us have been there with these three knees. We're going to walk in peace now. We're going to walk in the victory of God because God is on our side and we're more than conquerors. To him that believe that God is a, there is nothing impossible with God. Jonathan, son, the civil effect, make it to the kingdom. He's raggedy. Don't have the best of clothes. He called himself a flea in front of David. I ain't nothing but a dog or a flea on a dog. But your dad and I were friends. Watch the favor of God. Jesus Christ is our friend. And when God looks on you now, he calls you to the table. Yes, you've been in distress. Yes, you had death. Yes, you felt discontent. As I tell you, God calls you now. And when God calls you his friend, he welcomes you with blessings and favor. From that day forward, Mr. Faith lived greatly. God had other men working for him. Zima and all of them work for Meshiva Fake now. He left from the field of dungeons of Lodibar and walked in wealth. I'm telling you tonight, it's by the providence of God. Leave it in God's hand. Whatever it is, stop stressing. Stop losing your hair. Stop losing sleep at night. God's got this under control. Nothing just happened to happen. It's by God's will. Satan can do nothing to you and I. He can't even put a flat tire on your car without asking God, can I make a heaven flat? He cannot do anything to the children of God. He must, must have permission. 
Anytime God allow anything that seems bad is in the providence of God. All things will work out for the good. For the good. For them that love him and call according to his purpose. Watch that. Because the purpose of you going through it is because of the call of your purpose. I'm preparing you to be greater in the purpose that I've called you to do. I'd rather have a man or woman and know the will of God and 10,000 folks just running all over the place. We have to understand the providence of God. You're doing what you're doing not because you just chose to do it. I'm about through. Will the saints of God understand, for example, people say, well, I'm going to school to be a teacher, but they never became a teacher because it was never God's will. They ended up working somewhere else. I don't know why I'm working over here. I went to school to be a teacher because you never consulted God's providence for your life. So you spent four years tracing, chasing some things that was never God's intent for you. But what you're doing is what he requires you to do. You say, well, my God, I wish I just would have known that. You never stop to ask. Leave it in his providence. You and I will end up in the right place at the right time doing the right thing for God if you trust him and walk with him. It's in his providence. He foresee it already. This is my last statement or so. When children are growing up, they got all kind of isms and schisms about parents, siblings, anything you want to put out there. But I understand something about God. He chose the right parents for the right children. There is no accident you were born to who you were born to. They thought they got together just to get together. No, it was God's providence putting them together to bring forward you and I so that we could be vessels of honor and glory to God. David came out of this cave. He acted like a madman. He ran. So you and I have done a lot of foolish things in this life. We've been running from God, doing different things. Settle down and leave it to the providence of God. Beloved, God will bless you. God will use you. God will use you. He did not choose you to lose you. He chose you because he wanted to use you. I want you to have peace tonight. I'm not preaching on the virus no more because everybody don't want to still preach that. Get the fear out. God did not give us the spirit of fear. I keep saying be wise. I don't have to keep mentioning the coronavirus. I don't need to see God saying that. I'm telling you we got a God that's bigger than the problem. Don't make the problem bigger than your God. Our God is bigger than any problem. Trust him. Stop worrying yourself about that son or that daughter, that husband, that wife. Go to bed. Get some sleep. Say your prayer. Give it to God. Go to bed. People are going to do what they want to do until God say, time out. Enough now. The providence will turn them, and they'll turn with a testimony under God. Hey, beloved, let me pray for you. I believe that God 
have called even every one of you under the sound of my voice tonight. It's no accident. It is the providence of God you're listening. Some say, well, I wasn't going to get on the prayer line. I know you wasn't, but it was in God's will. You had to. Couldn't stop yourself. You had to. Can't help it. That's the God kind of thing. Father, again, we thank you tonight for what you've given us. I pray blessings over everyone on the sound of my voice. If you're on this prayer line and you're not saved, I simply want you to just bow your head and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you. Tell the Lord, I am a sinner. I have sinned. God, forgive me. And I repent. Ask him to wash you in his blood. And according to Romans 10, 9 and 10, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then shall we be saved. God loves you. God desires to use every one of you all. And if you got somebody hanging with you that's fearful and unbelief, you're going to have to make a decision because that will take you out of the will of God. It will make you to begin to worry and doubt God. God is a God of his word. He remains faithful even when we're not faithful. God loves you, and I love you. I'm praying for you. Hey, if you need to send a love offering tonight, uh, go to your cash app, uh, the dollar sign, capital P-O-D, small letter E, uh, I E. oh, Lord, I lost it, D-E-L-I-V, or D-E-L-I, and uh, send your money there. If you got anything you want to give, call Sister Sarah, whatever, and she'll, she'll pick it up or you bring it to her. Hey, I love you, beloved. I'm more concerned about the souls of men than anything else now. It's time that we win them to Christ. Hey, I'm praying for you. I pray God's blessing over you. Leave the providence to God. Let God work out your life. Let God do it. You and I have no control over anything, not even the one of the, the very breath you and I breathe. You can't even control it. And it's in your body, but you have no power over it. You can't stop your eyes from blinking. You can't stop yourself from yawning. You can't stop yourself from doing anything. You can't even make yourself go to sleep. It takes the power and the spirit of God to rest upon you and put you to sleep. Understand the providence of God. Leave it to him, and he'll work it all out. Hey, God bless you. I love you. I want you to have a good night. Be safe. Apostles out. Good night. God bless you.